Hello, I'm Rebecca Horan and a very warm welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by Rollercoaster.ie. In this season, I will sit down and chat to 16 pretty interesting people to discuss pregnancy, parenting and everything in between. On this episode, I sit down with Georgie Crawford, host of The Good Glow, health coach and wellness speaker, author and mom to Pia, and her husband, Jamie Crawford, wellness speaker and other half of The Good Glow. This podcast was recorded a few weeks ago when Jamie and Georgie announced the news that they were having a second baby. So Jamie Crawford and Georgie Crawford, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Bex. We love you. We've all worked (laughs) together. Um, You've been such a supporter of my podcast and I appreciate it so much more than you'll ever know. So we're delighted. We didn't even have to think twice about it, did we, Jamie? I really, I really. I get a chance to talk about parenting. I know. But I also really (laughs) want to Jamie. I think it's a pretty, it's pretty special vibe. Like Georgie, you're such a doll and like you had me on the good glow and I think I've spoken to you about the aftermath of that. Mm and how beautiful you were to me on that podcast because you empower people. Yes, you get a story out of it, but you really are gentle about that and really conscious about who you have on and careful. And you were, I felt very loved, but I felt very raw at the time. And that's a good few years later. But I I just was always like, I've seen Jamie talk, like you were on the late, late. I've heard your story in bits and pieces. I watch you. I just think you're phenomenal. And I just really wanted to get the two of you because it's a pretty big powerhouse here. Um, and talk about how things are going and how they will go and all the messiness that is life. So, look, we'll start. We've got a lot to talk about, so I want to try and get through it in a really nice way where I'm not just milling through the information. You are a couple for how long? God, we were only just talking about this. Like over 10 years now. We're married coming up to eight years now. I think 13 years. 13 years, so yeah, like... You know, Jamie's amazing. And um, I, I I, say this because he's sitting beside me, but not only... <laughs> out of pure fear. Not only because he's sitting beside me, but Jamie is such a big part of the good glow and um, has really helped me grow it to what it is today. And it wouldn't be what it is today without him. This podcast is brought to you by Avino Baby, a dermatologist and pediatrician tested skincare range, specially formulated with high quality oats to nourish, soothe and protect your baby's delicate skin from first use. Avino Baby is available in stores nationwide, including Tesco, Supervalue and Dunn's. And as your little ones get older, the new Avino Kids range is proven to cleanse, protect and help nourish kids developing skin, scalp and hair. Also available at Tesco and Dunn's. So thank you for asking us both to come in because it's nice to do these sort of things together. Yeah, yeah. it's rare, but it's nice. Yeah, it is yeah. rare, I'd say. I think you have to have both because I think, like, you're absolutely right. You are the face of good, the Good Glow mm. and you are, you know, such a brand and you're so well loved and liked. But we know that you are also the driving force, Jamie. Like, we, you can feel that and that teamwork and that, that that business acumen that you bring from your experience in the media, but also your emotional wherewithal and knowledge. Like, it's brilliant. Um, why the good glow? Like, why did you want to? Because I know you've stepped away from some pretty big roles, haven't you? And I know that's to do with health as well, but you, can yeah. you tell us about it all? Um, going well, going right back. So I, I was CEO in a radio station in Dublin, Spin, for nine years. I'd worked there for 14 Um I left that role actually just after Pia was born um, to maybe just chill a bit. And I had been previously diagnosed with multiple sclerosis about eight years uh, before I left. So <coughs> I'd kind of worked through that journey um, and got to a place where I was OK with it. But I, I needed to slow down a little bit. So 
I felt like the right time came. Pia was born. We just bought a new house. I was like, this is, you know, everything is kind of slowing down a little bit for me. I want to focus on family a bit more. I had been hell for leather in my career for since I was 23 or four. Um, so we sort sort of made a decision that I'd step away from it. We went into a startup um, and then unfortunately Georgie got sick and I kind of had to step out of that startup and go back to media. And then I spent two years as CEO of Love and Media Group. Um, and then things, you know, took a turn for the, for the uh, I suppose, a positive in Georgie's life. She got better. The podcast sort of took off. Um, and we were sitting down one night and we I kind of said, like, I feel like I need a break. It's been, you know, a tough few years getting through the cancer and starting that new role. And I just felt like I needed to slow down properly now. So I said I'd take a little break for a couple of months and help the good glow get up to a certain point and then I'd step okay. away. Okay, so and there I was a bit of a like, I'll just help for a while. Yeah, I, and I, was, I, have, I, never, I haven't stepped That's away. That's so interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. I thought from the very get-go you were like, right, you know, in my mind, because we don't know, you know, the good glow, okay, we're going to make this. But actually you were just like, look, I'm going to give it some love. I'm going to go back to what I do, yeah. running businesses. Yeah. yeah, we were kind of, we were going to see what would happen sure. yeah. if we brought someone else in who was Jamie with all of his experience. And like, I look at my business as a department store, right? So, um, and this also helps me detach myself from it a little bit because the podcast is my heart and soul, my baby. You know, every every time I'm in season, like I put everything into it. So I see my business as a department store. So uh, ground, like the ground floor is where people come in. So they're, they're coming in via the podcast or my Instagram page. But then we needed to build on the department store and have like level one, level two, level three, because, you know, if something happened to the podcast, then what do we have? Or if, you know, Instagram is not Instagram anymore, then what do we do? So Jamie came in and just started building the levels of the store. So like um, the events, uh, our products, um, corporate, all of our corporate stuff, smart. our retreats. Uh, so now we have like a, a few levels of the department store. Got a massive Trump Tower. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie sometimes is on level five and I'm, you know, on the ground floor. Crying about a podcast guest and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) and we don't have to see each other then. You're like, I've got an event, Georgie. So we got got out from our kitchen table. Uh, We built a little office in the garden. We hired someone and we just haven't looked back. And Jamie hasn't had a day off since. No, it's seven like, days a week. But. And like you were in, like me, in the thick of me, like you were too, Georgie, but you'd stepped away a little bit earlier. Like you were in the thick of that demanding. It's a grueling um, work-life balance, but it is also, you know, satisfying sometimes and you get, you know, paid well and you get, was that, and I'm honest answer here, you know, I don't think you guys were totally loaded or given a ton in air. I don't know, but I don't think you were. I think you were like n- pretty normal people who bought a stunning home and had a child. Were you scared out of your mind or did you just kind of swallow that fear and decide that or did you just believe in Georgie so much? No, I've always, with myself, I've always said I'll always back myself and my own ability Mm. and the same with Georgie. You know, I always like we worked together when we were in Spain and Georgie was, you know, really successful herself really early on. And she had this great drive and she had this um, great creativity and she had all the key components to you know make some whatever she does successful so i kind of without being an asshole (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. because if Um, you're an asshole people don't really want to work with you mm. yeah exactly so you know i kind of 
I kind of knew it was going to work. I just didn't know that I would stay as long as I did stay. The, the intention was to get it up and running, see what happens, but maybe step back to media then eventually. But, you know, I kind of, um, yeah, I love the balance we have in life now. And I kind of really enjoy the ability to, like, go pick Pia up from school, spend the afternoon with her, put her to bed, and then jump back on and do maybe two hours like we just took 130 people to new york to run the marathon i spent most of my evenings from october to maybe december when the bulk of the work of that project needed to be done out in the office at kind of eight o'clock at night but my day had been like just knocking around the house making sure pia was okay looking at doing stuff with georgie and then the evening became my focus so that flexibility of being able to work whenever I want to work as opposed to having to be in the office and when I was the CEO I always had to be in almost first and I always had to leave almost last and be there and go to client events and stuff like that so that you know the, do you the think difference. you'd be sad doing that with Pia and with maybe the future you have with the family do you feel sad knowing that that could still be you the guy in at seven and out at night and like what you'd be missing yeah yeah like I, I always remember um coming home I had I had just left media and gone into a startup where I had a bit more flexibility I remember driving home one night and then pulling into the driveway and Georgie was in the window uh, of that of the the we live in a bungalow and it's kind of raised so I was driving in looking up and there she was waving with Pia in the window and I just like remember going this is amazing to be home at like half five I left the office at five that day when I was in the startup um, left at five every day and got home at kind of quarter past half five I was never like that before and I remember just thinking how amazing that was so yeah like having that now is all all day every day is, is great well like well done you've bloody kicked ass Georgie how like you know the good glow is something that you just it's just probably in your ear and in your head and in your mind and then it's there and people are Instagramming you know, it's like this all in but do you absolutely just love what you do yeah, and it's hard as well because I've had to separate myself from the good glow and my identity. And that's been a real big journey over the last while. And anyone who starts their own business, like you're so hard on yourself. And I have been. And luckily, Jamie has been there for me over the past few years in my kind of tough moments to remind me of what I've done and created and so, yeah, look, it's it's there's I'm working on I do you know what I've I've been really good this year at separating myself from it and, and being way more um, kind of laid back and not. And I think the department store thing helps me mm. because I don't you compartmentalize. Hold, yes. Mm. And I'm, I, I don't hold things so closely anymore. Did you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's so funny. I'm kind of like, but you're such a, so you do, you're like me. <laughs> you're, you analyze and you. Absolutely. Okay, that's so interesting. I and feel like you're very good at being professional, like you are better. Con My husband's like, can't you compartmentalize your life a little bit more? Because everything is at once. Mm -hmm. I feel this way about her school and this happened then and this happened in this meeting. And then also I'm really concerned about it. It's like, can you not just like you just. Yeah. So I didn't really feel that you were that person. I feel like you're quite clean about what you do but no you were analyzing stuff yeah totally and then I think by writing my book glow it really helped me put everything 
I've learned <laughs> over the last five years yeah. into a book. And I was writing all of these steps on like how you can quit people pleasing, how you connect with yourself and actually writing these things down. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I know this stuff. I need to practice it more. I need to lean into it. So putting all my learnings into my book and reading it back and really spending time with everything that I've learned over the last five years has helped remind me of how far I've come. It's helped remind me that I used to be sitting on my bathroom floor sicker than I've ever been in my life, just praying to survive. So the fact that I get to go to Dundrum and sit in Starbucks and write my book for an afternoon is an absolute gift. So that whole experience, that eight months of writing the book, reminded me of how lucky I was, but it also reminded me of what's important. Yeah, I wrote about this in my book that I used to have breakfast and lunch at my desk in work. And then I swapped my desk, my porridge on my desk and my whatever was on my lunch plate on my desk to eating uh, breakfast and lunch in an oncology day ward you know, getting chemotherapy. So then I remember writing like I can't believe I used to complain about Monday mornings and think being well enough to face the world on a Monday and go to work and feel good was a pain in the ass. I know. Like I know. every day we we get up and we're alive is an absolute gift. And just to connect with that. And it, it, it's not all, you know, um, butterflies and roses up in our house but we do connect with what's important and it's important to remind yourself of that is there ever do you think in the mind i thought of doing a kind of spin-off for men's health or incorporating it or is it just like geez i've enough on my plate backs like just, <laughs> at the I moment d- there's yeah. definitely enough on the plate um i've definitely i've been involved in in some men's stuff before so during covid we set up a men's a group called Woodsman up in Kilturnan in the forest. Uh, yeah. group of men You're not lolling. This no, is a thing. Yeah. Woodsman, yeah. okay. Were they hot? Yeah. Who are these men yeah. up in Kilturnan? What? Up in the there forest. There's no so girls funny. allowed. There's no that girls allowed. Okay, yeah, okay. Were, but yeah, no, we set up and, and uh, there was 10 or 12 of us met up every Wednesday and sat around this... Uh, fire really and just had a chat and talked and stuff like that so like, you know, I'm definitely a, an advocate for the chats uh, the chats and certainly men um, not holding stuff in I held stuff in myself for a long time I hid the fact that I had MS um, for eight years like I said and it took me a long time to come to terms with it and I went through the whole grieving process of um, like anyone does when they get a diagnosis like that and it took me a long time to accept were you hiding from it like none um, of us in work could believe that you had been sick when I remember seeing your interview I think it was late late that you discussed that or maybe you'd done it before it I was like what the hell I'd have my period and not want to go into work and this man was sit unwell and was mm. also traumatized probably from that like was there was it just a hideaway thing or is it pride Jamie, a little or? bit of like yeah so den- so like literally the grieving process is like denial anger um depression acceptance da, 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 you go out so like I think the first couple of years for me I was kind of in denial like I went back to work after two weeks um, and threw myself straight in because I didn't know what the course was going to be so like I, I was so passionate about what I did back then I was like you know ignorantly sort of said to myself I don't know how long I have left doing this job so I need to succeed and do all the things that I wanted to do in a five year period in two years you know because I, I don't know where this illness is going 
Um, so I kind of threw myself into work for a while and just buried it away. Yeah. And, and, you know, did my best to hide symptoms and I did make adjustments. Um, like, uh, in that role, I would have been socializing a lot prior to getting sick as you do in the media industry. I just disappeared. Like, and, and some people couldn't understand why I wasn't coming out and well, why, you know, the CEO should be out meeting people, you know? Did you just um, say, like, I just hunt? said, listen, I, I can't, I can't make it. And you know, that I just literally stopped going out, stopped entertaining clients, mm. um, to the level I have been doing. Mm. Um, so I made those kind of adjustments, but, um, and I started to adjust my hours a little bit. So I went into work a bit later because tiredness and, getting good quality sleep is a really important part of your um, maintenance of MS. So I would, I'd come into work a little bit later and I'd stay a little bit later, miss the traffic and avoid this. So I'd kind of adjusted life to avoid stressors, um, uh, but I hadn't really faced it at all. And then eventually I did. And then I um, decided to share my story on the Google Glow. Um, that was it. I heard it there first. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think. I was like, some excuse. It was. That was where I heard it. I was really yeah. stunned. Yeah. A lot of us that had worked there were really sad. We're like, yeah. are we all such? Is this such a horrible industry that no one would? Or was it that you just? And I know you lost your dad as well. So there was a ton mm. of things going on in your life. Yeah, I, I was pretty good at hiding it. You know, mm. that kind of way. Um, I'm relatively. I find I, I I would describe myself as pretty resilient person. So I was kind of able to box it away a little bit and maybe not deal with it but just get on with life and then as I was I'm quite slow and methodical with almost everything I do so (laughs) coming to terms with the MS and then talking about it was probably like an eight-year process whereby maybe with other people it would have been a bit um, quicker than that but you know like to your point there on like you know how would we not have known you wouldn't have known you can you can that's the problem with MS as well it's a very it's not a disease you would see like you have like Georgie got cancer she lost her hair she looked very sick she was going through chemotherapy MS is different to that and it's different for every person some people can have physical um, issues some people can have cognitive issues and all that sort of stuff I just hid it all pretty well but now now he hears from people who also through Jamie telling his story who have MS and haven't told their family there's people suffering in silence so many people um so mainly men um no. No. I think you hear from more women. No, it, it is a it, it's an illness that tends to be slightly more female than than male. Um, so you definitely hear from more more women. I do have a few men. And why are they high? Why? It, it, like I sort of I spoke about this on the late late. Like humans, by their very nature, are tribal. Right. This is my view on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're in a tribe, you talk the same. You look the same. You're you're with people all the time. You dr- you dress like them. You uh, act like them. You pick up um, habits that they have. When you something happens, to you and you get sick. There's an element of you, you feel like you're isolated. Then you're different. So your 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 tribal mentality f- wants you to stay in there with the group of people, as opposed to standing up and saying. Well, actually, guys, I'm different mm-hmm. to everyone here mm-hmm. because you've. I think there's an innate fear of being othered or being isolated from that group. So that's why I think a lot of people don't 
talk about it and it's something that you may not because you don't know the course of it you may not have to also talk the about victim it if you're not mentality yeah. yeah the fi- like i was going to give out to you in a nice way i was going to break you as a t- you know toxic masculinity is it like i'm just because you are pretty driven amazing per- and it's like i don't want to be a victim in my own i'm working at a pretty ha- hardcore industry i don't want everyone to be like hey you feeling today you can go home yeah. really i don't want that i get that right um, so it's going to give, but the fact you're saying there's women who have families who just don't want to engage in that conversation. It's also sad. Yeah. How are you feeling now? Yeah, How I'm are good. you? Like, yeah, I'm so good. The, what I love about that story is that when you said, then when you finally came out and said, he put up his hand and said, I have MS, you were embraced by the tribe. Yeah, it's, not the othered. it's the opposite thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah to finish really? it off, it's the opposite thing. People actually wrap their arms around you, you know, that kind of way. And, and they and they bring you closer and you're a bigger part of the tribe then. But you don't, you, you know, you, your mind doesn't go there. It never really thinks about that. You're, you, we, we're always ne- think, we always fear. think of the negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We you're always think of or, the negative. Like, oh, oh, go straight to negative, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good and well. We've just done a half marathon. Gonna do an ultra marathon in a few weeks. Um, he hasn't told me about it yet. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, and an announcement. What I'm gone for three months to Iceland. You're on the it's roster. Actually oh, it's whatever, whatever. You are amazing, but you're gonna. You'll probably be like that. Whether this had happened in your life, you were always going to be. How are you and your health? I know you had. Didn't don't you have your bloods? Is that coming to a close soon? All the time you have to get them. I'm five years cancer free. Yeah. Congratulations! I, thank you so much. We have a baby on the way. Our <gasps> surrogate is oh, pregnant. Just drop that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whoa! So, you're such a like. You're such a media. I'm just. And by the way, we're, I want to tell you the best no, no, thing hang on. about Back this. Back up your truck. <laughs> Back up your truck okay, into okay, the car okay. parking. But you're super annoying. Um. Okay, you're five years cancer free. That is a massive moment. Yes, the baby is amazing. I cannot, that's, I want to die. But that is amazing, right? That's a really scary thing you have been through. And I know you were at the breast cancer event yesterday and you constantly advocate and you're constantly there. You went through hell. I've had two babies and I went through hell and I wasn't sick. It's really hard to then bring up a child mm. and give her everything when you're on the floor. Mm. You're incredible. Well done and congratulations. And I hope it never touches you ever again me too and well done thank you so much no it's and you know five years was a great I I I, I'm scared every time I'm put into an MRI machine and my yearly test but I said to you this year when I was in the machine I said I wasn't scared this year because my mind was so strong I was like I am well I am well I am well. And I kept repeating what I knew was true. Thankfully, it turned out I I was well. But um, my cancer anniversary, if you call it that, is in October. And our baby is due in October. So, so, okay. So you have Kia, who's six. Six, just turned six, is due as well. Okay. Um, I'm having a baby. And we're having another baby. Congratulations. We're so happy. This is so funky. I can't handle this information. But now I get to replace October, which is sadness. So this bab is due in October. This bab is due in October. So we are so excited. We can't believe it. We we were, you know, Pia's always been a great sleeper. Is it kind of like you can't really believe it or you kind of not wanting to... Are you just in it? This is so exciting. I I I feel like you're. Kind of, we're kind of just in it a little bit, and it's, it's been a long been process as well. Two hasn't it? It's year, been a hellish over yeah, a two year yeah. process. Like obviously, we were due to do a transfer in 
February of last year and then the war broke out in Ukraine and that was paused so we started in um, September 2020 looking into this yeah so it's been that's a long so it'll be three three years years. so we started looking into it and then there's a there's a process and then there's all the paperwork and all these legal things you got to go through and if solicitors department of foreign affairs you've all these people involved and it's it's a tough process and then it's stalled and we just Mm. just want a baby and as he is getting older and older you're like This podcast is brought to you by Avino Baby, a dermatologist and paediatrician tested skincare range specially formulated with high quality oats to nourish, soothe and protect your baby's delicate skin from first use. Avino Baby is available in stores nationwide, including Tesco, Supervalue and Dunn's. And as your little ones get older, the new Avino Kids range is proven to cleanse, protect and help nourish kids developing skin, scalp and hair. Also available at Tesco and Dunn's. You don't know the sex. Obviously, you're not going to tell us, but like, so exciting. Because it's 50-50. I always tell people, they're like, it might be a boy. I'm like, well, no, it's 50-50. Like, yeah, so exciting. We'll see. Pia, does she know? Pia knows. Pia's um, educating senior infants about surrogacy. (laughs) I thought she was going to say about sex. I was like, (laughs) So we we, actually, um, two of our friends, parents from the school came to New York and I was chatting in New York about our pregnancy. And I said, I told them and they said, oh, listen, to be honest, we knew. Pia (laughs) got up and announced and they were telling uh, their little girl about Brian Dowling and Arthur and explaining the journey and explaining surrogacy to her and she turned around and she goes I know Pia explained surrogacy to me and these are the conversations our little kids are having in Whoa. school. What are we talking about? What flavor bubblegum is? Like, yeah. What has happened yeah. to the world? We give out about the world being crazy but it is also great in so many other ways. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I knew nothing. But I had this moment with Pia when I was explaining to her when our embryos were on the way to the new country and I showed her the embryos in a backpack and then Pia looked at me and she's like, was I in a bag? And then, oh my God, I was like trying to explain and I just said, look... You know, the seed is, you were always a seed in my tummy, but we've had to give our seed to another lady who's going to grow our seed for us. And Pia looked at me and it was like this feminine moment (laughs) where Pia just looked at me and she went. And I said, you know, because I had, I was sick and, and she just like put her hand in me and she goes, that is so sad. It was like she could connect with Wow, the God. feeling she of not nervous. growing your own child and she looked at me I felt so seen by her in that moment wow. and as a six-year-old little girl like she gets she's that. pretty special though yeah she's quite tuned in like she's like w- we joke the odd time that we're like a throuple well, I'm I'm, cons- she, I'm concerned. She for follows us around and like gets full on stuck into adult conversations with us and like has an opinion on everything. Yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah will you just so she's yeah. got and they a lot bicker of the two on. of them yeah. and I'm like the child and this oh is like my Jason god, and Gia, yeah. yeah. But I feel like Joxie O'Donovan. That's what I'm naming your child, boy or girl. <laughs> Joxie O'Donovan's gonna come into your little throuple, which is like because she is like a little adult because she's with you guys and she's learned she's gone through a lot with you yeah. guys a lot and travelled and. Joxie O'Donovan's going to come in and break the showdown, which is what Simone did. She came into our little three where Jason would be arguing with Gio or I don't know what he does with Gio. They antagonize each other. He has this 
deep meaningfuls and he goes on I'm just leave it back your like just give her the sp- I know what girls want they want to <laughs> yeah. spend and then he's like don't step in when I'm parenting and we're like and Simone came in like a bulldozer and like tells us all no and bold like yeah. no way <laughs> oh my god like, how exciting she was such a tiny like under you know six pack like a teeny little thing and such a miracle baby and we were all like miracle She's a <laughs> like she is a rock star. She doesn't give a damn, and she's bosses everyone around. It's always the little ones. Um, was there sadness? And you can be honest. You don't have to talk about it. Was there sadness you couldn't carry, or were you like, oh, do you know what? This is not. Um, there's definitely been moments where, as when the surrogacy journey got hard and our journey didn't work out in Ukraine, that I felt like should I come off my cancer drug and just get on with it and have a baby myself for the sake of everybody else? You know, um, because I think as women, like we do sacrifice ourselves a lot for our family. And I was thinking, God, am I being dramatic? Like, should I just get on with it? So in those moments was definitely hard. And any time I had a wobble, Jamie was there to say, no, absolutely not. Like, you're, you're, we're, we've made a decision. You're not going to carry another child. Because I had a, you know, pregnancy-related cancer because I was diagnosed okay. within a year of having Pia. So it's like a hormonal, am I correct in saying, like, it's to yeah. do with the surge when you're pregnant? Well, it's an, educate a, me. any cancer that is diagnosed within a year is considered a pregnancy-related cancer. I think whether it's to do with it or not, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just and I didn't look into that. I didn't really Google it or anything. I was I just accepted that and decided that Pia really needs me in her life and we would pursue surrogacy for the sake of I think even more, not even my health, because I have had friends who have been through breast cancer and went on to have babies and they're perfectly fine and their babies are fine and they're fine. But I think for my mental health, it wasn't a good idea for me. Did you like being pregnant the first time? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I'm not good at being pregnant. (laughs) Sorry, it's a complete and utter privilege and we know this. But my gosh, I'm not a funky pregnant person. I don't See, know. I'd love to experience pregnancy as the person I am now because okay. I feel totally like a different, different yes. person. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's the part of it that I would like to experience. But I'm, I, you know, I'm very trusting of my path and my journey. I feel really lucky that I feel that way. So in terms of overwhelming sadness, I haven't felt that, you know. Did you always want a second child? Yeah. Ask you yeah. Yeah. yeah the, and uh, we have a video of just after Pia was born, literally a couple of minutes after. And on the video, I'm like, let's have another one. You know? She, oh my God, like, what? Like, yeah. So really? it's like, You're I said it so straight good. away. I was like, come on, we have another one or whatever. Like, <laughs> we're having another one now, which is six years later. But And that's what I love about podcasts and women sharing their stories, especially in Ireland. And that's why I started The Good Glow, is because. If you root around, you're always going to find someone's life that's like yours. For example, Rosanna Davison walked into a hair salon one day that I was in. And had you met her? Well, you knew her probably through the media. I knew. Yeah, Yeah. I, I wasn't kind of friends with her. Yeah. And the girl who was doing my hair said, oh, there's Rosanna. And I said, oh, yeah. And she's she's on a surrogacy journey. That's amazing. And Rosanna came over and said that she was pursuing surrogacy in Ukraine. And by sharing that story with me, it opened my door. 
And then I share my story and then it opens someone else's door. And I think as women in this country, if we can come together and be as honest as possible and share our stories, if we feel ready to do so, we can all help each other and we can all wrap our, you know, the, like what Jamie was saying, the tribe, you know, the tribe will embrace you. So I feel so lucky that um, I I, I can share my story and I you've shared your story and we can all see something in each other and that's the power of so powerful. You know, the, the world. twelve people on this podcast are only here because I made a connection not through media or going to an event or being fancy or Instagram, all through speaking about my story through either the good glow or an interview or someone pulling me into something and I found these people and um, through various ways and it's so interesting. There's a connection to each of them, you know you know one has gone through IVF but it was the way she had to do that and then I didn't have to do that but I thought I might and then there was an ecto- a lady who had an ectopic there's someone who just supported me like it's crazy mm. how do you parent I cannot wait to get like we have time to do this how do you parent like what are your styles or do you have a style like you I, know I would say who's strict come on let's get down and dirty Jamie's the kind of lead parent <laughs> in the house I'm more <laughs> sister mean? sister friend oh, vibes are so you yeah. Jason hates it. he's like stopping her friend yeah so like you know um, I always wanted a sister and then I used to watch the Kardashians and watch Chloe and Courtney like wrestling so on the ground and I was like oh god it's all I ever they wanted they each other and stuff yeah. though. they were also yeah. funky town like. so myself and PR are like that aren't we were kind of re- like such masters together and then Jamie is such an incredible dad like it literally blows me away every day the commitment the love the dedication the knowledge the time it it like on a you know on a Sunday morning I get up and I'm trying to put out my podcast and Pia would be watching TV when Jamie gets up with Pia and I come into the kitchen like they're on the floor building a Lego house and I'm like oh my god but daddy's and their girls Georgie my yeah. dad had three girls and I remember Jason think he was going to have a pack of rugby players and I think when he had Gia he was like damn and I was like why why stop this sex it doesn't matter what sex they are we're so lucky he was like no it's not that this is going to be hard for me why because I'm going to become obsessed with her and I just wanted to have boundaries and bring a kid to a match. And I'm like, well, you, she can bring her to matches. She could be really smart. No, I know. But it's just I'm going to always be very protective. And he's crazy with her. So I'd say you're just like. Yeah, I'm pretty protective of her. And yeah, like she's. I like I sort of she's really creative, which is huge for me. I lo- like love that. She loves making things, using her hands, exploring, getting getting herself dirty in the garden and doing all, like just stuff that like kids should be doing in yes. my opinion like Being she puts outside. nails in and screws things what? in yeah, and she, she like she's a real get stuck into like like i said earlier get stuck into an old job or so yeah. so if you're i love that putting out the ikea furniture together p is in the middle with the with the screw gun. you know they say the most important things um, for children is to be involved in day-to-day chores they yeah. said like it's not even education and it's actually not all the things we th- but it's that if you involved a kid in getting the paper like i have to go get the paper which seems hassly or and yeah. putting up an Ikea thing or getting the post if you involve them day to day chores Ooh, that's their mental tip. health is far better than other. Yeah. so if you're always trying to make it fancy or an event or an adventure or yeah. bring them to something they have an expectation and they get anxious about how you feel about how that day has gone but if you involve them in the day to day running of your life they feel completely seen and loved by you and I learned this by someone and it's really interesting I find if we overcompensate or overfill or oh we're doing this thing today it's yeah. never what it's going to be mm. but if we involve her in things in a nice way no, not flipping 
you know, get out there and paint all the walls of the shed, yeah. you're five. But like just showing her that we really want her to be involved, we trust her and we think yeah. she's smart enough and capable enough. They say that's so good for their mental yeah. Wow, that's a great well, like, so he's doing we, it already, we, so you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> we, like a good example of that is like we bought the um bought an office for our garden to move um our problems to move our problems to move our problems into Let's nature because when you put everything in nature it all gets quite calm so we, we oh, yeah so but we like we we told the guys that set it up don't paint it we want to paint it so like ILP out there and she was like getting stuck in and doing like she wasn't doing a great job around them but like she was doing it and she wants to do it um, and then she wanted to help us put the floor down and then she wants to, us to help make the tables and stuff like that and she does help and she she knows how to do those things. I always think cop on will take you w- much further in life than anything, any degree, any qualification. P has a lot of cop on because we kind of involve her, like you said, in those kind of day to day things that, you know, life just throws it. Do you argue by parenting? No, I think Not we're really. really on the same page. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Really? I'm, we're just too busy arguing about other things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's arguing about work. That's pretty much it. Do you argue about work? I feel like you're seen on the outside as the most perfect couple. And we know you're a perfect couple and you have a great marriage. But are there things that push you? Like, do you find the things that piss each other? Oh, I drive Jamie mad. Because everything's in my head. Because of the analysis thing. And yeah, Jamie loves an L posted on a wall. You know, what or you mean? trying to get me to like, I, I like a, concentrate a in meetings. And a plan oh my god, Jamie! Like, you know. Literally, and is it indecision? Do you find it's like that? There's just like, is Georgie taking her time on something, or is it just that we don't need to overanalyze? It's distraction. A distraction. Yeah. So there's I so much in her head all the time. That's interesting. And worries too much about stuff that she doesn't need to worry about. That she's. So uh, for an example, I came home a while ago and I was like, I'm so stressed. I feel like I'm going to have a mental breakdown. And Jamie was said, well, we just need to write down everything you need to do. So he was like, "Okay, what do you need to do? And I was like, right back to Greg O'Shea. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was trying to organize a podcast with Greg. So Jamie writes out. We did a post-it session. I was like, each of these is going on a post-it. I'm pretty sure that's... Jamie's like okay so the text back to Greg to book in the podcast is going to take 30 seconds but I'm going to write that on a post-it because that was taking up so much space in my brain I don't know you have an interesting mind I want to live in there for a while and then he bought me the book Eat That Frog which I have to read which is about kind of do the worst thing first yeah eat the frog oh I always eat the frog See, I, I learned to eat the frog after working in that wonderful she, place we worked. She procrastinates. Yeah. So Georgie will be like, oh, I'll do all those things later as opposed to just doing them. I eat the frog, so but then I feel like the day is, then the day is going to be great after I eat the frog. And then when it's not, I get really disillusioned. Yeah. By life. <laughs> yeah. I can be a bit of a negative Nancy. And I think that must be hard for Jason because I'm like, he'll be like, this is, you're going to kick ass. This is going to be, and I'm like, it's not, it's going to be really awful. And I think I do that as self-preservation, like to preempt. So there's no, yeah. So, there, terrible, so the reason I'm not texting Greg O'Shea is my fear of reje- rejection, of you know, course. that he might cancel the podcast are on, or are you crazy? You know, that sort of way, but that's the thing. I don't face things. And Jamie really helps me face things. And the post-it, the post-it session But I feel like why do you really care well. so much? Like I feel like asked people do the podcast if they say no, I don't take it as a, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I actually don't care so much about people pleasing. Gosh, I did. Sorry. And that's been a process. I care more about the just nothing's going to work out and everything's like, I care more about that stuff. So it's mm. interesting. You're kind of caring more about what people might think. Or No, it's just more of a kind of, yeah, 
I, I think it is. I, w- the podcast means so much to me that um, I, I put my heart and soul into it. But of course, Greg... <laughs> but it is Greg hard to get good guests and to nail yeah. good guests. It is hard. It yeah. is hard. Not everyone's free or they don't want to tell that story in that moment. Yes, it is yeah. hard. We spoke yeah. about that before. It isn't always easy to do that. Well, we work so closely together and spend so much time together anyway that I think we almost think the we know what the other person is thinking Assumption. so we don't <gasps> communicate so interesting and like we we could finish each other's sentences most of the time but like you know Georgie will say something and I'll be like what does she just kind of half or I'll half say something to her thinking she understands what I mean because I've been thinking about it all the time and I think she's thinking what I'm thinking mm. that's yeah that's so, so it's like we need to over communicate to each other now and that has helped a lot yeah, so assumptions so about that. your partner. That is so interesting because even though that's so interesting, okay, because you, Jay and I are together a lot in the house um, and through COVID, obviously we were and the baby and stuff and I took a long mat leave because I wanted to be with Simone and I noticed that too, that I felt like we were on the same, but you are completely different people, right? Whether you're together for absolutely ever or you're together for another year, you are completely different <laughs> identities that have come together and you will be fine. And we forget that when we get married. Like, we're like, oh, we're a mesh of da-da-da-da. Jason is a completely different person to me when he's with his friends or in his workplace or on the phone. And I'm completely different, and that's good. And you're so correct about the assumption that we're thinking this. And I find I get so shocked when Jason says something, and I'm like, that's not even thinking about that. Mm. And it's really good that you're saying you're working on that. Like, there's definitely, like, we're 10 years married next month, and <gasps> I've definitely found this the hardest part. The second baby, the not getting stuck in a rut, not making assumptions and being respectful of each other and kind. And sometimes you just like, when I'm tired and stressed about work, I can be mean. I can just ignore and get cranky and get in on myself, get very in on myself. And I said it to Jay the other day, like, I'm not a mean person. He goes, no, you're not. You're one of the kindest people I know, but you get cranky with me and you don't get cranky Mm. with all the people who are hurting you. Mm. And that's a really interesting one, how you hurt the one you love most and just working on that and working through communication but I find 10 years is definitely they say seven years I think 10 years is definitely such a big milestone it can be heavy because you're like it's huge and we have to still be snogging all day long snog <laughs> me now <laughs> how much sex is everyone else having they're having sex seven times a week Jason's like well, it's not possible <laughs> Sabbath day rest day <laughs> like, we like we joke and then I'm like you know I argue with the parent but you do all of this um reflection and it's okay to do that and you do worry because we really care about our marriage we're not people who will walk away easily or give up on this and we really care about it and we need each other but it's funny like you work together too so I think it's pretty awesome yeah so it's definitely over communication now if something happens I'll say well Jamie I just want to explain the reason why this happened or I said this was because of this okay, that's great. and that can be really hard to do because you feel really vulnerable kind of over explaining sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, yeah but it's definitely worked for us yeah it does help yeah and getting outside in the midst of an argument <laughs> I'm like okay I'll leave you with that thought see ya and I'm gone and I'm just out the, the looking moves, at a tree like or where something. you live is important like we moved from the city yeah. out to Enniscary and that has really ch- been life changing for us but also I just need to control my emotions like we'll have a really petty little fight and I'll be crying and Jason not sure this was warranted this amount of crying I'm like I don't know what it is um listen there's so much more I can touch on like the parenting thing is interesting but I can also see and I know you and I love that about you You give snippets of Pia you don't drown like you're not 
saturating you know it's not like you're selling your family thing and I love that about you it's like there she is as part of our life and she fits in and we do the odd video post and I think that's really great um, because I struggle with that too with social media I want to share because I'm like they're so cute and then I have to mm. really go well they're Jason's kids too Yeah, and I have to respect that boundary and protection and stuff but just the bits we see she's extremely loved and happy you can tell and such a chip off the old like you can see she's these long legs running around the feet like she's yeah. so cute and I think as well our the good glow is kind of about self and even in the book I it's about your relationship and your journey with yourself and how actually when I stopped in my life and I stopped living in my external world so I stopped Live, doing everything for Jamie or who I worked for or Pia or my mom and my brothers when I got out of everyone else's business and into my own business how do I feel what's my relationship with myself actually do I like myself what do I like who am I when I started to ask myself all of those questions everything in my external world started to change but it was only when I went in that the external world changed. So when I, you know, think, talk about sharing my life and even this is such an intimate podcast for us because, <laughs> you know, my, the good glow really is about relationship with self. And um, so, yeah, that's why I don't really talk about parenting too much or, you know, I, I wouldn't see myself as a mom blogger or anything like that. I just want whoever is like even listening to this podcast, like if they're out, whatever they're doing on their way to work, pushing a buggy, cleaning the house, making the dinner, whatever they're doing to just remember that you matter. Because I think we can get so caught up in what everyone else is doing and what everyone else thinks when actually you have everything within yourself in order to be happy. And it took me a long time in my life to figure that out. So I told myself, you know, I hated cold water. I hated exercising. And then in my recovery from cancer, I started to get to know actually who am I? I love getting into cold water. I love exercising. And all of these things that I had told myself who I was and what I liked were not Is true. Is societal? Why do we do that? I actually don't know. No, but what is that? Rebecca doesn't um, it's people play pleasing. chess or she's not that smart or she does. No, but why do we, I wonder what that is at a culture like, because I find we have done that to ourselves when then you hit 40 or you hit whatever, you're like, I'm not actually that person. I don't know if I'm that yeah, social or I don't know if I'm. Because I really believe that we, we put ourselves into this box very early in our life mm. and it coming back to the tribal thing, right? So, okay, Rebecca has never exercised. She's 30 now. So if she puts on her runners tomorrow and starts running down the road, are the tribe going to say, that's She's not, not you. a runner. That's not you. Maybe it is that. And, 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 and you, you hold yourself Maybe within these limits of mm. these stories that you've told yourself that's your whole life and you keep yourself small because you don't, you're, it's so is vulnerable. Is it fear of judgment? It's so hard to change. It's so hard to admit that you want to change or that you want something more. And the first line in my book is, um, this is a story of a girl who got really tired of keeping herself small because I wanted to find out actually what more can I do in my life. And yes, I'm 33, but I have a right to change my mind about who I am. Luckily, I had amazing support. Nobody slagged me for running down the road. No one slagged me for jumping into the sea. Mm. Or Nobody cares what anyone else is doing. You learn that too. Exactly. Everyone's thinking about themselves all of the time. Yeah. 
Um, that I, I do wonder is it cultural or parenting I'm not blaming parents of that generation but I do think that's so funny she was the black sheep she was just not that smart she was the crazy one she was the joker and when those words are constantly used like Jamie's the really serious he's the intent if you're given the same narrative and descriptives labels yeah. like you know I'm very careful about it if Jesus does something she's not the silly one she's not, yeah. we have to be very careful because they stick like glue mm. and I did have a lot of labels growing up and it's very dangerous and yeah. like that's interesting you're saying it is that what's happened they're just there and you just need to shake them off yeah like even Pia w- refuses to go to sports camp and she has done for the last two years but two weeks ago she turned around and said I want to go to sport camp this Easter <laughs> and instead of us saying but Pia you don't you, you don't like sport camp we were like yes okay brilliant let's let's see how she gets on and you're so right that those labels start when we're kids oh they do and you try not to Georgie like I think we're pretty great parents but I see it with certain things where I'm like well why don't you want to do go to that thing that everyone's the play date that I just I'm like they're so they're so intuitive because they haven't been kicked down little kids are just like I just don't really feel like going it because they have boundaries and they don't people please yet I just don't really <laughs> yeah. feel like going I know how I feel today I just want to say but don't everyone's like the seven other girls going to that and it's like this awful mm. insecurity of adult to kind of push on your impress on your kids and I'm really wary of that and I'm really trying to be mindful of like pushing my stuff on her yes where she doesn't want to fit in with those particular people that's cool or she wants to be do this wacky thing and I'm trying because I do think we're definitely told to fit into a perfect you know this size fits all and don't move from that and that yeah yeah and Glennon Doyle speaks about it in her book Untamed like her kid coming I think her kid had like wanted to dye her hair purple or something and Glennon was like trying so hard not to be like her biggest worry was that she would be othered for having purple hair but she didn't want to like inflict that on her child but even when Pia picks a mad outfit I have to try so hard not to say that you can't crazy. wear that. You yeah. look ridiculous, yes. you know? Oh, and I, I this year now, because we have definitely a lot of clothes issues in our house, have just been like, you look great. Let them wear what they want to wear. What the hell is happening? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? And I'm like, back up your truck. Like, just leave it. Because we argue it, it's going to make it worse. And we say something mean, it's going to stick. But also like... Who are we to know? Maybe that is, I don't know. And he's like, but Bex, her tights are on the thing. I'm like, I don't know, Jamie's not here. Her tights are on her head. <laughs> like, like her knickers. Like Her tights are her yeah. hat. <laughs> like, like I, I'm just like, Jason, she is part of us. So like, we can pretend that this is, but this is maybe not. But like. Because you're afraid it's going to reflect badly me, on you as a parent. How could she let it's her child go out like that? Sorry, it's not about yeah. her. She's awesome. Yeah. She's the cutest little doodle ever. Anyway, the Glennon and Abby of Ireland. That's what you <laughs> both are. I love Abby one, but I'm just like. Oh, I've tried O-M-D. so hard to get Abby on my podcast. If ha- Abby happens Abby to be listening, I'm please get back to my emails. But you are the Glennon and Abby of Ireland. Like you are changing mindsets. You're making us. I think this country has had a lot of generational trauma. We have so many issues here about conversations mental health we've so many issues and you're really just scrubbing that and when I think of Jamie and um Georgie the hot little things well Jamie was <laughs> tall but like he was running was. this <laughs> sorry what? he was really he was really hot he's everything's got no but the, he was like this really tall powerhouse in our company and Georgie was this always super busy oh my god Georgie was the kind of person who said, she wouldn't have eaten something she'd go back in she'd do another bullshit that's my edit problem something. that yeah, was yeah. problem edit yeah. something and she'd be like this and then I've got to go to this I've got to interview like Brad Pitt tonight. I was just, just a watcher and she was just this bursting of energy but also exhausting let's be oh, fair oh yeah and she is now 
a six-year-old child, a home, a husband, is having a second child, has written a book. The two of them are running flipping events in New York and all over the world to come. They're doing the most beautiful events in Ireland that are changing people's lives. You have an incredible podcast that's award-winning. You are both dealing, have overcome things. Jamie, I know yours is a long-lived battle, but I believe you will live long. You're Mm. an incredible person. And Georgie, you've overcome cancer. Like, do you ever just go, what the hell happened? No, I do. Yeah, yeah, we do. All the time. When you're in it, like, you you know, when you're running your own business, it's quite different to running (coughs) a structured company and stuff. So it's hard to step out of it. Um, And I think you were struggling a little bit recently with overwhelm so i wrote her a letter and i was like these are all the things you've achieved in the last no tell us what the first line of the letter was was dear sexy pants (laughs) i said this is not a divorce letter oh yeah (laughs) it's not a divorce letter and i and then i also said but it's also not a love letter (laughs) he did he did and then i said here's all the stuff you've achieved over the last while and it was even only when i was writing that list i was like holy shit this like that's only in 12 months a lot has gone on i think though that stuff it's hard to get perspective on it and we do get a lot of feedback from um our audience and people who engage with the good glow and who engage with georgie and say amazing things to us and that's hugely rewarding but like ultimately at the core of our business is a desire to help people um and that desire has come through our own struggles um and like as long as that stays there you know, we'll always have a really positive and hopefully successful business because that's like ultimately what we want to do. We've had a we've had a, like ten years married, um, or well, seven years married, um, and ten years or plus together. But ten years of that has been like a serious battle with me getting sick, my dad passing away, leaving jobs you getting sick having a baby not being able to have another baby for a while all that sort of stuff so like we've we've had a um ups and downs put it that way over 10 years and as long as we've we're sort of learning from that and applying what we've learned and sort of guiding people through that then i think look what the business will always be successful yeah and never making assumptions yeah (laughs) over communication (laughs) big time keep talking such a joy it was such a joy to have you both I think the next book will be you both hopefully telling your story one day James like, oh, cringe. Uh, I'm not writing a book but <laughs> it'd be amazing um, you're just very special people keep doing what you're doing it ain't easy to get up and have to please the world I know it's exhausting because people do want a lot out of you it's not the same as going in and working for the man and coming home like there's a lot expected but keep doing what you're doing I think you're phenomenal oh, thanks, thanks for all the support you're, you're amazing yeah. oh stop we love you so thank, thank you, so you so much, much. Yeah, thanks Mel I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Little Birdie Told Me. And if you did, it would be wonderful if you could subscribe to the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Avino Baby, a dermatologist and pediatrician tested skincare range, specially formulated with high quality oats to nourish, soothe and protect your baby's delicate skin from first use. Avino Baby is available in stores nationwide, including Tesco, Supervalue and Dunn's. And as your little ones get older, the new Avino Kids range is proven to cleanse, protect and help nourish kids developing skin, scalp and hair. Also available at Tesco and Dunn's.